Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the AFL Europe podcast and thanks for tuning in as you're about to hear from Carissa Turner as part of our One Kick Later series. Carissa was introduced to Australian footy by her work colleagues in Wales where she first trained with the Cardiff Panthers. She shares how welcome she felt from the get-go and swiftly fell in love with Cardiff's footy culture and supportive environment. This newfound passion was quickly recognised on the field as she earned her way to represent her country and play for the Wyverns at two Euro Cups and travelled to London for the 2019 European Championships where she lined up for the Great Britain Swans. It did, it really lifted morale and the next day we played Germany and we won so we turned the result around. There are lots to take from that event that we did really well and it was a great experience I think for everyone and it brought us all closer as a, as a GB team. Well, not only has Carissa represented Wales in Australian football, but also in badminton. Carissa speaks in her time as a top 100 badminton player in the world, travelling across the globe to compete, her experiences at the 2010 and 2014 Commonwealth Games and the many differences between the two sports. Thanks to Carissa for sharing her passion for Australian footy and everything she loves about the Australian football community in Europe, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Carissa, welcome to the AFO Europe podcast, and thank you for joining me as part of our One Kick Later series. How's things? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, now, you're from Wales, play for Cardiff. Like most players or people around Europe, didn't really grow up with the sport. So how did you first learn of Australian football and uh, who got you involved? Um, so I learned about it through some colleagues who I worked with at Agile Therapy when I was doing a bit of sports massage. So um, the director, Dave Saunders, he played, um, the photographer played and one of the um, receptionist played and then I treated some players as well and I was talking to them about how I wanted to get back to exercising again and perhaps meet some new people and make some new friends and they were honestly so keen to get me down there they're like <laughs> come on down we've got this great team and I was thinking but I don't know what it is <laughs> um, but they were amazing and I'm I'm so glad that they did encourage me to come down. Awesome were you, were you playing sports at the time or what sort of sports were you playing growing up? Uh, growing up, I would literally do anything and everything that my mum would taxi me to, to be honest. Um, I swam, I did some gymnastics, not to any sort of standard though. Um, horse riding, I played badminton and then in high school, I also did like all of the usual sports. So I played for the school netball team, hockey, cross country and athletics as well. Take me back to the first time you did try Australian footy. What was that first training or game like? And what was it about the sport that you that you did enjoy? It, um, I remember my first training session and I was quite nervous because it's as much as people can say, oh, it's like rugby or soccer or basketball. It's, it's, it kind of is, but it's not. <laughs> um, and it was just totally new to me to be, you know, kind of punching the ball to, to do the hand passing and, and I'd never done any sports that involved kicking either. So getting that coordination going. But everyone was so lovely and they really took their time with me to teach me everything. Um, and then I just got roped in. I, I think I went down one day in July and I was playing my first match in September. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh my God, what is this? <laughs> it sounds like you had a pretty good first experience then, but um, actually playing, yeah, what did you enjoy? Uh, on the on-field stuff was it the physicality the the teamwork yeah so the the thing I love is the kind of culture and the the team um, and that feeling where everyone gets behind each other um, and supports each other but actually now thinking about it my very first game was during a GB training session and that was 
I think I'd been to about four or five training sessions and I went up to this GB training session and was thinking there's no way I should be at GB but they again they were so welcoming and Rocky and Mitch they were they were brilliant and there was this scratch match against like a London all-stars type team where just London league players had come to give us a scratch match and I was stood on the sidelines trying to figure everything out and I didn't really know the rules and (laughs) Mitch was like you're gonna play Ruck and I was thinking okay the one that goes up for the ball um and he goes, yeah, you're on number nine. Her name's Killer. Off you go. And just like pushed me onto the pitch. And I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was great. It, being thrown in the deep ends uh, was really good because when I was on the pitch, all the girls were really helpful in kind of directing me where to go and what to do. So it was just really lovely. As much as we were in a competitive match, people were taking the time to be supportive and encouraging. So it it was great and it's a great way to learn as well just by kind of getting stuck in and yeah and seeing how you go <laughs> yeah well that is really right into the heart of it getting uh, stuck into the midfield have you been able to the master the rock position has it been your your number one position since your since those early days well when I joined Cardiff they were like oh you're tall you can be a ruck <laughs> so <laughs> it was I, it was kind of chosen for me um and I've played ruck for Panthers and um Wales and GB as well but I have also tried out uh, forward positions in 18s and last weekend I played centre half forward and I really enjoyed that but I think just knowing a bit more about the game having watched more AFL and and played for longer really helps Um, so it gave me a greater understanding of what I should be doing and where I should position myself. Yeah would you say that's the best way to to learn the rules is just to get stuck into it and just be playing or consuming the sport as much as you can yeah definitely I mean playing is always such a great way to learn and to be fair to the umpires I remember when I played Euro Cup uh, in 2018 uh, in Cork the umpires they're so great in that they will give you direction and they give you feedback so if they blew the whistle against you they were always telling us what it was for or what we can and can't do because I remember um, screaming at one of the girls just to kick the ball out because she was about to get tackled. I was like, just kick it out of bounds. (laughs) And obviously that's a deliberate and gave away a free kick. And we kind of stood there and um, I think it was Ian had to explain (laughs) that you're not allowed to do that. But even last weekend, Kat was umpiring and um, she was still giving kind of feedback and, and direction. And it's, it is really important for learning because if you're just out there and making errors and no one's telling you why or how to improve on it, then you're never going to learn. So I think it is really important to have, whether it's the umpire, teammates, coach, whoever it is giving you that feedback on how to improve and obviously what you did well too. Um, But yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Euro Cups and European Championships uh, in 2019 before. Um, we will get into those events, but first I wanted to jump back into Cardiff in Wales. Um, talk to me a bit about uh, Cardiff Panthers as a club. Um, how have you enjoyed your time there over the years? And yeah, I suppose just share a bit about the culture there. Yeah. So as, as I said earlier, I just absolutely love the team. Um, I went down there and I loved the team so much that I was like, okay, I will try this physical sport because I've never done anything like it before. But 
I've made so many good friends from this team and uh, I'm really, really grateful for it, to be honest. Um, but the, the club itself actually started in 2008 and it was just, just the men's team uh, back then. But then I think the first girls came around in about 2017. And then within the year of like 2018 to 19, they went from having three members to like 20 female members, which wow. is huge. Um, so they're really pushing women's sport. Um, but the guys also, they, they're so good. They have won the Warfel League, I think about eight times. So they're a brilliant resource for us and they really do take the time to help you out and, um, and teach you things and talk through. Um, and just quickly on the, on the Welsh league, um, has there been any update as to that or how it might look this year or just footy in general being played in Wales? There's nothing so far in Wales. We are in talks with Welsh government in trying to uh, get the okay for that, but it can be played in England. So again, we're trying to get confirmation about hosting uh, events elsewhere because within the Warfare League you've got a mixture of Welsh and English uh, teams and the same in the women's WWE Nines League um, so we're, we're hopeful we have plans uh, to start in July uh, through to September so just fingers crossed for us that uh, we'll be able to compete how involved are you in some of the organisation of these games and matches? Because I understand that you've taken on a bit of a vice president role with Cardiff over the past year or so. Yeah, quite heavily involved. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I've got the spreadsheets. I love a spreadsheet. So, um, <laughs> and people laugh at me about that all the time. But uh, yeah, I'm vice president for Cardiff Panthers. But I think I've also worked um, for a national governing body as the events officer. So I have got a little bit of a background in sporting events and regulations and all that side of things. So I do help out with sharing information, um, completing grant documents and things like that. Um, and, and just generally assisting uh, the president in delivering their vision and what they, direction they want to take the club in. Yep. Um, but we've got kind of a whole host of people who help out at Cardiff Panthers we've got an admin team so as much as you've got your usual kind of president vice president your secretary and treasurer we also have um social secretaries so their job is to put on fun activities for the members and basically get us all out and about having fun um and that works really well and the other positions that we have are a couple of welfare officers so we've got a male and female and their role is to basically be a point of contact for anyone who's got any concerns about either themselves or another player. If you've got an issue, whether it be within AFL or outside, you can go to them and talk to them. Awesome. And I think we're really lucky in the people who are doing those roles. Um, Will is a police officer, so he's got such great knowledge and, and background in helping people and um, Bridget is also a well-being officer for a local council Great. so they're both really well positioned to be doing that role and to kind of be looking after people's mental health that's great I suppose the beauty with local clubs is that you do have the um, I suppose opportunity to create all these new roles that can differ from club to club which makes each club uniquely great no doubt the past 12 months um, 
it would have been very beneficial for, for the players to have people such as Will and Bridget as welfare offers just to lean on over the past 12 months and have them there to support them if need. Yeah, definitely. And even the social secretaries as well, they were putting on weekly quizzes for us. And um, sometimes we'd switch it up and we would have weekend socials as well. And we just made sure that everyone kept in touch and, and was doing okay. What are some of those bonding sessions? How important do you think it is for, for your teammates to all feel comfortable around one another? I think it's really important uh, in a team team sport. You know, it's I personally wouldn't like to go to a team where it's kind of you don't really speak you're just there you train and you leave we always try and put things on whether it's just a pub after training we go to the pub and have food or a drink or if it is something larger scaled like an awards night or um you know during <laughs> during quarantine we had um like the what would have been euro cup weekend and the girls put on an amazing social. It was all over Zoom, but there were so many different drinking games and we celebrated people's birthdays. And yeah, it, it just gave you such a boost, um, which I think is important. And then you can get to know more people within the team and just feel more comfortable. Moving on to some of these big events that you've played in, uh, you mentioned the Euro Cup and the European Championships, which you represented Wales at the Euro Cup and represented GB at the European Championships. What is the process of being selected into a squad like the, the GB women's squad? Is there a big selection pool? Is there a couple of, I think you mentioned a few tryouts or training sessions to, to make the team? There was about 50, 52 girls who put their names forward for GB. So it, it is really growing and there's it there's great depth now for the women um, for GB, which is amazing to see. Like it's so positive and encouraging. And then that's only going to get greater, to be honest, because the more girls who are playing, the more people who are going to know about it. Um, so yeah, there was training, training sessions that you could attend. Um, your performances, even in nine side would be looked at. And then there were some fitness aspects as well. Um, so 2K time trials, I mean, whoever thought of 2K time trials, I would love to meet them and just tell them how awful I think they are. But, <laughs> um, yeah, if it's part of the selection, you kind of got to get on with it. So, um, that, they were all factors, and uh, that, um, Mitch and his coaching team took into consideration when making the selection. Obviously, each of the girls, or I'm sure most of the girls in the GB squad would have uh, like a local club that they do play for. Did you do any sort of activities over the past 12 months, like the Zoom sessions you did with Cardiff with the international squad, the GB Swan squad? Did you have much of an opportunity to, to catch up and see each other? Yeah, we did, actually. Um, for, for a while, we were doing Saturday Zooms. Um, it would be, it started off fortnightly and they were kind of tactical ones um, because the international cup team had been announced but then it got postponed so where we weren't sure there were these zoom sessions put on but anyone could attend which i think is really good because it kind of kept you your foot in um with the sport and it kept you learning about it even though you weren't able to go and train so we had tactical sessions every fortnight and then there was just kind of a social in between um and they gave us as players the opportunity to host um the the social ones where we could whatever input we had we could um 
share that with with other team members so it was really good and and I learned a lot from them so it, it was a really positive thing for, for me especially for someone who would probably still be learning the sport or has only been a couple into it for a couple of years no doubt that would have been beneficial just to still have some sort of yeah footy going on um yeah definitely and because we had input from different people as well so we've got there's um, a girl called Frankie who's British but she plays in the the women's VFL and she put together this document I don't know how long it must have taken it was amazing and it spoke about each position and the roles and responsibilities and players to watch and she also did a pdf about certain tactics um uh, and it just showed it on a, a diagram and made it so much easier and then we also had sparky who uh played for uh bulldogs in the aflw and she came on one of the sessions and we were able to ask her questions so it was it was really really great to be fair Euro Cups, uh, you played in 2018 and in 2019. What were some of your favourite experiences representing Wales at those events? Cork was definitely an experience. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun, but there was a huge storm at the time as well, which meant that it just rained constantly. Um, and I just remember being really cold and drenched, but also having so much fun. Um I think there was, there's no pressure. There was no pressure on Wales in that event. Like there was no expectations. We were all just there to learn, um, you know, compete as well as we could, and most importantly, have fun. So, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, we we finished last. We sc- scored about nine points in the whole tournament. But I think if you ask any girl who played there, like we all had so much fun. And then in Sweden the following year, it was lovely and sunny. It was like total opposite. Um, and we had really built on Cork. We we were quite determined. And we went from only scoring nine points in Cork to actually scoring over 80 in Sweden. And we won a few matches and we finished sixth. Right. So we were absolutely buzzing. Um, we won our opening match against Croatia. And we were all like really choked up and just like... As you know, emotional and and just ecstatic that we had started off so well. So um, they were both great experiences. I think it's an amazing tournament, to be honest. And you've got all these different countries playing the same sport, competing, but also, you know, being really nice as well and socialising afterwards. So, yeah, I love EuroCup. Is that what makes it so enjoyable? It's just that there is like so many of those supportive communities and clubs and different countries all coming together to play I suppose the sport that everyone everyone loves yeah definitely and you know you're meeting different people and it's nice to play against different opposition as well of course. because you know in in the UK we are a growing sport but the nines league we kind of know who we're playing against so it it's always really good to to go away and, and play against other people as well it would have been a big step up uh, to the European Championships in 2019, playing 18 aside. How did you find the bigger field, more teammates on the field? How did you find <laughs> yeah. that experience? I actually really like 18s. I don't know. I just I feel a bit more comfortable in 18s. I don't know why. Maybe because I've got more people on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unsure. But um, I didn't have the best prep for European Championships because uh, I broke my foot against Ireland in the Euro Cup. Um, I got tackled and it 
caught funny underneath me. So I was out for six weeks. Um, and yeah, my my personal performance, I wasn't too pleased with at the European Championships. But I think the GB girls did really, really well as a collective because there were so many new faces in that team. Um, and it was a bit of a building tournament for us. And we didn't get off to the start we wanted on the first day. And we regrouped that evening. The girls put on like a little social to cheer everyone's spirits up. Chloe Hall put together this quiz in like 10 minutes that was, I, I don't know how she did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was great. And it did, it really lifted morale. And the next day we played Germany and we won. So we turned the result around. So, you know, the, there are lots to take from that event that we did really well. Um, and it was a great experience, I think, for everyone. And it brought us all closer as a as a GB team where we're all situated all over the place. So Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. And I understand that you came up against, um, well, playing against Ireland, there would have been a few girls that are now playing in Australia. One in particular was Anya Tiger, who was a ruckman at the time for Ireland. How did you find lining up against her only playing the sport for a couple of years or knowing about the sport for a couple of years? Yeah, not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's so tall and yeah. she can jump so high as well and then run so fast for so long. I was like, oh my God, who is this girl? She's like superhuman. Um but such an amazing experience. Like you, you can't ever be mad about playing against good standard players. Yeah. And you know the, the Irish girls, they're incredible. A lot of them are playing in AFLW. So if you've got an opportunity to play against someone like that, you you've got to embrace it and take everything you can from it because those opportunities come few and far between. So you. Like I said, I think you just need to accept it and embrace it rather than fear it at all. Um, because we also played a match against um, some of the ones with Demons and a few others. And there was a girl who plays for Richmond Tigers who played as well. Um, so it it's a fantastic opportunity for us over here in, in GB to be playing against players who are playing in a professional league the other side of the world. So yeah, as much as I didn't win the ball ups and <laughs> was furious at the time. Um, it's it's a great learning experience. That sounds like something you might be looking forward to then uh, potentially or hopefully playing at an international cup is coming against some of the top players in Australian football around the world. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the international cup is kind of the pinnacle for 18 aside around the world. So, um, I mean, obviously aside from the professional league, but um yeah, it's such a great prestigious opportunity to be playing in that. So I think it, if selected for that, you kind of have just got to, you know, take it for all you can and, and just really enjoy it and go all in. Well, we spoke earlier about you, Carissa, representing your country, playing Australian football for Wales. Um, but not only have you represented your country playing Australian football, you've also represented your country playing badminton and on several occasions doing my research we're talking about 13 welsh national championships and appearances at two commonwealth games as for those listening carissa was a top 100 player in the women's singles in badminton in her time and almost top 50 in the doubles how did you get into badminton you mentioned earlier it was one of the sports you played growing up um so my mum worked in a leisure center and one of um 
the staff there was like, oh, why doesn't Carissa come and try the badminton club that I help run? And that was literally it. I, I went down and I just really loved it. It was um, a really nice club. I loved uh, the people who were running it and just the other players. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't very good for, for quite a while. Um, it took me a while to get anywhere with it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's just something about it, the fast pace of the game that I absolutely love. And I'm super competitive anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was right up my street, really. I was going to ask what age did you start to take it more seriously or st- even start competing nationally international, or internationally? Yeah, so I, I first went down when I was seven to the club. But then I didn't really start winning anything until I was about 13, 14. I was always like that person who made up the spot for the team. Um, And then I got extra coaching from an Indonesian player who was like absolutely incredible player, top 15 in the world. Um, And he was over here um, working for Badminton Wales to help the senior players there. So, and he taught me how to hit the shot properly <laughs> and my footwork and he got my fitness up and it was just from there kind of 13 14 I started to win things and then I was representing Wales at junior level and just continued it through into senior level where I then I was still playing singles but I was focusing a bit more on doubles with um, my coach Matt Hughes who again was also like a top 16 in the world player so I was really really fortunate with the level of coaches that I had um moving through but yeah and then I stopped at 26 26 27 so um yeah I was I was playing for almost 20 years well wow. <laughs> a long and, time <laughs> and looking at some of your Welsh titles it looks like you played right across the world um from Slovenia to Cyprus to Portugal what were some of your favorite experiences just being able to travel and, and play a sport represent your country across the world like that yeah, definitely. I, the traveling, there was a lot and people are like, oh, it must have been so good. But and it, it is great to be able to travel, but I would be traveling, going to my hotel, then to the Badminton Hall and back. Um, so I didn't necessarily get to do any sightseeing in these places. <laughs> so I can recommend my favorite places for where I played well and liked the Badminton Hall. <laughs> but I look back and I think, wow, I was really privileged to be able to go after a dream of mine and to be able to play a sport, um, you know, full time. Mm. Uh, As much as it had its ups and downs in the sense of like, I didn't get paid to do it because the funding's just not there in Wales. Um, And it's, it's, it's hard work, you know, all that training, you've got to give up your social life. But I actually went and played the other week for the first time in a couple of years and I was like, I was dead. Um, there <laughs> is, is it... no fitness left. Um, and my shots were far from what they used to be, but it was just so nice to be back on court, to be honest. And yeah. How does the, the fitness differ from playing a physical sport um, with like Australian football to badminton? Um, what's the difference or how physically demanding are, are the two? I mean, there's no contact in badminton for a yeah. start. <laughs> um, but and, and you think of the size of a badminton court, it's lots of little steps. Um, there is explosive power. So jumping up to get the shuttle, which um, 
when I look at videos of me playing and when I'm doing a ball up I look and I think oh my god that, that's just badminton in there because I kind of bend my arm to come through and sometimes I switch my legs which is badminton footwork um but I think it's helped me with like getting down to get ground balls like okay. I'm, I'm okay at lunging so I can get down to get those ground balls um I used to have to do some running as part of my fitness anyway for badminton um so there's definitely aspects of badminton that have helped me with AFL and I think as well also mentality and the way my brain works now with regards to um kind of tactical analysis so I can filter things a little bit and and be able to understand the tactics and apply that yeah um and just kind of pushing myself even when I'm tired. Yeah. So was it quite a difference playing or your sort of first couple of times playing Australian football and just the team aspect of it? Because say for European championships, you're traveling with a team of uh, 20 to 30 people. But with badminton, yeah. were you traveling or there was only by yourself or was there a couple of you in a team? Yeah. Sometimes I would just travel on my own if I was playing clubs. So I used to play for clubs in, I I played for clubs in Austria, France, Germany, and Switzerland as well, but I'd be going over there to play as part of a team, but I would still be on the court on my own or just with one other person. And if I was traveling, even if it was a Welsh team event, you're still on the court on your own or just with your doubles partner. Um, so then being on a pitch with eight other girls and then 17 other girls. And and then obviously you've got everyone who's, uh, you know, on the side as well. It was quite different and it took me a little while to get used to it because I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just so drastically different. And then my mindset going into things as well when I get competitive I mean I get really competitive (laughs) and not everyone's like that so I'm like right I need to tone it down sometimes because I've grown up kind of having coaches be really blunt with me and like to the point and stuff and not everyone's used to that or or um, responds well to that so yeah you do have to adjust quite a lot to those who are around you um and I think when you're playing for the same club like I know all the Cardiff girls I know um you know if someone likes to be spoken to quite directly or how how to adjust the language for different people but when you're in 18s and you don't really know that many people it can be a little bit nervy yeah but I feel like in this sport like everyone just accepts each other so even if you say something and someone might take a back step they might they kind of accept that you don't mean it in any sort of way. It's it's just either in the moment. And I mean, you look at how competitive it gets with your opponents and how heated yeah. it can get. <laughs> but then afterwards, you're like having a drink with them and having a laugh. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's really lovely, though, for me, coming from a place where I had to be quite selfish and act quite selfishly for myself or myself and my partner to actually being surrounded by people who want the best for you, regardless of results or anything. So it's, it's definitely like a really lovely experience. And as just a fan of sports in general, I've got to ask, um, how was it going to the Commonwealth games? Um, I think there's what, how many, how many countries are there at attending, but just, I mean, from the opening ceremony to the closing ceremony, what is an experience yeah. like at Commonwealth Games? It's amazing. There's 
I can't think of anything else like it. Nothing has come close to that feeling for me. Um, I, I went to India and that in itself, in itself was incredible. Uh, and then my second Commonwealth Games were in Glasgow, which people think, oh, you like comparing India to Glasgow, but Glasgow was honestly just beyond incredible. My family were there. I was a better player and kind of a more mature person going there. The, the opening ceremony, like I wish I could bottle that feeling where you're walking into a stadium and there are literally like over 70,000 people just like screaming and the noise. It's just like such a rush. And then the, the attendance at both, because in India, badminton is, is quite a big sport. Um, so it was a 5,000 person stadium and it was packed. Uh, every session was packed um and it was the same in Glasgow like I thought oh maybe we won't get as many spectators but we really did and yeah just um if you can get to one just just do it whether you're a volunteer whether you're an athlete a coach support staff what whatever it might be get yourself to a multi-sport event because yeah they, they are really really special and you get 24 hour food, like unlimited food, 24 hours a day. So, yeah. And that, that is a big selling point for me. I could go and get a bagel at any hour of the day. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask, could you pinpoint your favorite thing from an event like the Commonwealth Games, but is it the 24 hour food? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's my favorite perk. Let's say that the, the actual competing, being on the court, um, you know, just just feeling that kind of um, environment um, because you work hard to get there. Like I, we had to work really, really hard to qualify. Um, so knowing that you've worked that hard to get there and then how well we wanted to do as well, you know, you, we were just so focused and um, yeah, I've got some, some really, really fond memories and, and they're going to be, they'll definitely be in my top memories of badminton. Yeah, great. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing um, a bit a bit about your badminton. I know it's not about. Oh, it's not really related to Australian football, but it is interesting to hear the comparison between the sports. But then, just as a as a fan of sport in general, it's quite awesome to hear. Just a few more things before we finish up. I wanted to touch on uh, the rest of twenty twenty one. We sort of spoke about earlier what it's looking like for for footy in Wales. Um, but I understand the Go Active Wales Fund. Um, you guys have had a bit of support getting back to playing footy, which which sounds like it's been good. Yeah, that was really, really helpful. So Sport Wales, um, who are like a governing body for sport in Wales, um, they put have put together these this grant funding um, to help clubs, sustain clubs and sport um, to continue. So we applied for a grant from them and um, we, we got the money. I think we... I think we got what we had had asked for, um, which was amazing. And it allowed us to um, put measures in place to make sure everyone was safe to return. Um, and also we bought, so we bought rubber balls from uh, AFL Europe because we, to sanitize them, it's, it's a bit, they're more durable than leather balls. So we bought a lot of rubber balls. We got all the uh, sanitization stuff and, and put all of that, um, those procedures in place um, and bought uh, some other pieces of equipment that would also help us with um, 
social distancing and making sure things were safe. So we were really grateful to Sport Wales for providing those grants, which did allow us to train for a bit of last year, which was huge, really. I remember the first few sessions, everyone just it was so happy and, and just elated to be able to not just be outdoors and seeing your friends, but be exercising and, and being back to the sport that we all enjoy. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, and then you personally, um, what are your sort of plans or do you have plans for where you want to take your footy over the next couple of years um, representing Wales or GB like we spoke earlier of? Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm i in my 30s now. So, um, I, you know, I keep making the comment, oh, I'm getting a bit old, but then my competitive side comes in and is like, no, keep going. Um, <laughs> and I was selected for International Cup initially last year, which um, I, I was so excited for. Uh, I've never been to Australia. So to go to Australia to play uh, footy would be amazing. Um so that's definitely a goal and you know just continuing because of the people I'm now playing in London League I I went and had my first match on the weekend for West London Wildcats and they're honestly so wonderful I had so much fun on the weekend and they were so welcoming and such I don't know just an amazing culture um up there with with such great people it almost felt like a bigger version of Cardiff Panthers <laughs> That's good. I didn't feel out of place at all if I was stood on my own someone came over to me and was like come and talk to us like you know you just really feel part of the team um so I'm going to continue to play for them um and because I'm really enjoying the 18 aside football as well and then with Wales, obviously, I, I can't wait for EuroCup, uh, more Euro, as many EuroCups as I can. And I would just love, what I would really love to see is the sport to continue to grow in popularity. Um, I would love to grow the number of clubs in Wales. Um, there's only one club for women at the moment, which is Cardiff Panthers. We've got a few of the men's clubs restarting. So Vale Vikings are coming back. Uh, and Swansea Magpies are looking to come back as well. So I would love just to get more depth of players in Wales to to just make it a lot more competitive and not only raise the level of performance, but just um, so that people can enjoy everything that I have enjoyed about the sport aside from the, the competitive side of things. And just lastly, uh, Carissa, we reached out on the AFL Europe Instagram last week at AFL Europe, and we had some questions coming for yourself today. The first one comes from Brunswick Aces. They ask, what does what makes Cardiff Panthers such a good club to be a part of? We might have already answered this, but did you want to answer that yeah. one for Brunswick Aces? So having great sponsors like Brunswick Aces <laughs> makes Cardiff Panthers a great club to play for. Um, but yeah, I... I, I I feel like I sound like a broken record just talking about the great culture, but um, it, it's just a place that welcomes all. Uh, it really is. Um, we've got so many people from so many different walks of life, so to, so to speak. And um, I, I just am really grateful because I've made some amazing friends. It's got me back feeling healthier again. Um, and there's just an incredible support system there. So, Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, there was another one come through. Uh, they asked about transferable skills from badminton to AFL. Yeah. So 
like I said, I think the kind of um, having a bit more of a sporting brain, um, but that's not necessarily badminton. I think anyone who is sporty can have that. Um, and I, I, I think the being able to dig deep has helped me because my fitness is not what it was. So I probably get tired a lot quicker than I used <laughs> to. Um, but also then being able to encourage others um, uh, because when I was playing doubles, it was always very much if I was going through a bad few points, like a bad patch, my partner would pick me up um, and vice versa. So I, I've brought that over as well. And it it's just one of those things that people do as well within the team sport. Yep. Um, but yeah, and hopefully a bit of hand-eye coordination, you would hope <laughs> yeah. I would I would have. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. And just finally, one from Callum B. Callum asks, what would you say is the most important aspect when playing for an, for an Aussie rules team? So I think just being a real team player, um, that is valued over a lot of other things in Aussie rules, I think. And, and I would imagine so in other team sports as well. Um, you, you've got to be willing to put the effort in you know, it is a contact sport at the end of the day. So if I'm being lazy, that means my friend might get tackled or my teammate and we might lose the ball, but you know, also no one wants to get tackled. So um, I think it's just putting effort in, always putting effort uh, and giving your best because no one can be mad at you if you've given your best. Like that's all you can ever ask of someone regardless of ability or anything like that. Um, I would say just just put the effort in and, and and be committed to doing your best. Yep. Perfect answer. Well, Carissa, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was a pleasure to talk to you, hearing about your footy story and your badminton story. And yeah, best of luck with the season ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to episode 23 on the AFL Europe podcast and getting to know Carissa's journey and a bit about footy in Wales. If you enjoyed this episode or if you are enjoying the AFL Europe podcast, feel free to chuck us a follow or give us a rating on the platform that you listen through. See you next time.